Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. since our sixth grade gym teacher said good job at the end of class then massaged our shoulders that were somehow on the front of our bodies. And it doesn't get any better in adulthood because sexual harassment is rampant in every profession imaginable. Medicine, finance, technology, academia, publishing, restaurants. We tried to find one place where women were safe, so we Googled sexual harassment Antarctica, and we found this article from five days ago. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I saw that. Antarctic geologist accused of sexually harassing and assaulting female researchers. Oh, God. And it took place two decades ago, but I guess in light of Harvey Weinstein or whatever, they felt comfortable coming forward. Or Bill O'Reilly or whatever. 20 years ago. Yeah. Um... I hope that all these stories are leading us toward a time where everybody agrees, well, every normal person agrees that this is not something that's cool or yeah. or you need to keep quiet about or nobody's going to believe you or, or whatever. 
And it happens with men, too, uh, I guess, in Hollywood. James Vanderbeek, he's a, that's a famous name. I don't know the celebs. He was from Dawson's Creek, uh, kind okay. of late 90s varsity blues actor. Uh, for any, he tweeted out, for anyone judging the women who stayed silent, read this for perspective. Also, for anyone brushing off harassment as boys being boys. He said, I've had my ass grabbed by older, powerful men. I've had them corner me in inappropriate sexual conversations when I was much younger, 20 years old. Um, but he was a child star, right? Well, yeah, that's 20 years old was when he got his Dawson's Creek thing, and that okay. was not his first acting gig. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I understand the shame, powerlessness, and the ability to blow the whistle. There's a power dynamic that feels impossible to overcome. I got to admit, I won't be as judgmental when I say it this time. I don't get the psychology of when you're then much, much older and really successful and very wealthy. I don't, I don't quite get the psychology of, of keeping your mouth shut then. Like the uh, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow's and the um, what's her name the the human well as I as I tried to explain yesterday I think the psychology is it will do no good you are standing yelling at the tide when you call out a Harvey Weinstein too powerful too many lawyers you will accomplish nothing but get an enemy I think that's the psychology maybe they're right maybe they're wrong maybe that's moral cowardice but. Uh, speaking of James Vanderbeek and that sort of thing, I'd mentioned to you earlier uh, a listener whose son gave up his acting dream because the sexual re- uh, harassment um, of him from gay fellas in Hollywood, the if you want to roll, you got to do this, was so constant. He just said, I can't take it anymore. And he stopped. And dad heard us talking about it and actually cried. Because he said, I was so glad somebody's willing to talk about it. Because it's so disgusting and relentless. And the child molestation of the child actors. You know, there are a couple of actors directing in Hollywood who have been convicted of child molestation. Uh, this the guy who, uh, I don't, you know, I ought to get the names right. But um, there are a handful of guys who are, who are working. And, but, but they're good directors. And they make good movies. And so, you know, they overlook it. It's just, it's a moral cesspool. But it happens in all different uh, areas of life, as oh, yeah. Samantha oh, B. was yeah. just talking about. Yeah, and we have way more of these than, than we could share with you. In fact, I, I should have scanned and, and seen, uh, you know, seen which ones, uh, if more had come in overnight. I know they have. Um, uh, based on personal experience, I have thoughts as to why victims of men like Harvey Weinstein don't speak out and then sometimes come out of the woodwork when one victim does. As a 19 to 20 year old college student in the late 70s, I had a part time job at a large store in the Bay Area. There was one y- young, large, muscular man who also worked there who, with the aid of two side thugs, regularly trapped me in the break room, tried to force on me kisses and horrible, filthy sex talk. Escaping the break room didn't even talk him, et cetera, et cetera. The thing was, I was terrified of him and what might happen to me if I reported him. I contemplated quitting over the few weeks this went on, but when I entered the break room to find him doing similar things to a girl I supervised, I realized I had no choice, etc. My point is that maybe most victims are just plain afraid of the consequences of reporting these guys. Um, Similar to my not wanting to allow another victim, when someone finally does speak out and then gets blamed or discredited, those other victims rise to support her or him with their own stories. So, so physical fear. And uh, also, if you're not super rich, quitting your job is not a minor thing. Right, right. I, You know, we've taken some fairly harsh criticism for questioning 
in tones that were not sympathetic enough why the women did do this or didn't do this or whatever. And by we, I mean Jack. Um, it's not an uncommon question. I'm looking at the text line. It's a pretty common thing people ask. Doesn't mean it's right or I, not inconsiderate, but... I, I would agree with both both points. It is... Here's what I would suggest. It is a question. It's not a rhetorical question. There is an answer to it, usually. Um, why didn't they say something is not a rhetorical question. It's an important question. And anyone who's at all familiar with abused children, battered spouses, uh, uh, harassed female employees and male employees, and and, and raped children, etc., etc., why didn't they say something is not an effing rhetorical question. It's a complicated question with complicated answers. But moving along, unless you don't want to move along. Would you like to move along? I'm all for moving along. Let's move along. I'm a 30-year-old woman. I can tell you this behavior occurs far more than other people realize or like to admit. Uh, what's more, the males, not men. I like that. You're no man. You act like this. You're not a man. You're, a, you're an overgrown bully boy. Uh, who exhibit such behavior seem to think it's completely normal. There's truly nothing wrong with their blasphemous behavior. I can't count for you the many times I've been treated in this manner, proposition with such disgusting behavior, etc. I even knew a man who had the same fetish as Harvey Weinstein. He got off on stripping down and masturbating right in front of me. Wow. I was young at the time. I had absolutely no idea what to do, and I can recall freezing as if a train was headed straight for me and beginning to cry. I didn't even realize I was crying until I got to my car and noticed my entire face was wet. Oh, my God. Um, I, on, the, on the end of the pervo, who, I, who should be shot, I'm all for that being a, uh, a shooting offense. Um, how do you think you're going to get away with it? They clearly do, but I just can't imagine. I would I I would think you know if I do this the police are going to be at my, at my house in five minutes. Mm-hmm. I mean you, you wouldn't think you could do that. You know from the I theme, can't imagine why you would want to do that. From the theme of two sided coins and all coins are two sided. Our completely overly sexualized society I don't think is healthy. The crumbling of the family isn't healthy. The slut culture isn't healthy. A lot of this stuff is bad. On the other hand, it wasn't long ago that a woman was so embarrassed to say penis or masturbating or, or, or a child or whatever was taught that we never, ever talk about sex in any way that vic- victims could be further victimized because the, the perpetrators knew they wouldn't say anything. So, you know, I, I'd like to find some sort of nice middle ground uh, if we could as a society, but at least people are more comfortable saying this is what happened to me. Um, uh, it was as if he enjoyed the fact I was shocked and terrified. He absolutely was. I will, uh, I'll be honest, hearing all these newly revealed stories has made me realize even further and more strongly just how wrong this behavior is. And as a woman or man, if you don't shut it down immediately, you almost make it okay for these nasty folks. Not okay. Enjoy you guys. You're fabulous. No, you're fabulous. Anonymous. Um, I have a friend married to a man just like Harvey Weinstein. Everything you've said described exactly the way he behaved. Wow. Um, uh, you know, a lot of interesting details here, which I thank you for. We really don't have time. But just like Weinstein, he engaged in a campaign to humiliate anyone that tried to report the behavior, including his wife, who he portrayed as crazy, gold-digging, a psychopath. Friends suddenly stopped communicating. She was deleted from social media. His wife feared for her own employment. 
He fought back hard. These type of men are evil and dangerous. You know who else did that? Bill Clinton. I have to mention that every time. It just reminds me of those stories of when someone had come forward, they would find dirt on the woman and destroy her. Jennifer Flowers, Paula Jones, whoever. My only, including Hillary being involved in my it. My only quibble. Yes, yes, yes. My only quibble is that Bill almost never threw the punches. He had Hillary throw the punches. Yeah, yeah. She was the designated victim blamer, which is, you know, one of many reasons to dislike her. When I was 22, I worked as a dental assistant. Whenever I was in the back office cleaning instruments, setting up trays, etc., the dentist would come back and pretend he had to squeeze by me and push his crotch into my butt. Ugh. It was gross and weird, but it didn't scare me, so I ignored it. A few weeks later, I walked in on him, feeling up a woman on nitrous. Oh, my God. I told the other doctor in the office who called and turned him in. He lost his license but was not prosecuted because I guess the case was not strong enough, despite having a witness and the woman remembering it but was paralyzed and unable to stop him. Oof. Yeah, oof. You know what's interesting to me is the psychology of women putting up with it, but if they see somebody else getting the same treatment, saying, that's it. Hmm. Um, which is, that's an interesting psychological uh, phenomenon. Uh, fellas, too. Um, I like sexual pleasure. I just don't understand. Hey, me too. Yeah, I just don't understand getting sexual pleasure from some of these things you just described. I just, that that wouldn't be... That wouldn't be that great. There ain't enough minutes in the day to describe all the kinks that are out there. And finally this. Anonymous writes, I was about 23 years old. The general manager thought that since the office collected money to buy me a bouquet of roses for my birthday, that he had the right to touch me inappropriately. He put his arm around me after they sang happy birthday to me and laid his right hand on my hip slash butt backside. I pulled away from him and in front of everyone, stuck my finger in his face and told him with great emphasis, nobody touches me there except my husband. I've told that awesome. I've told that story to many young women since and hopefully given them the courage to do the same. That is awesome. Those kind of guys have to be called out quickly, loudly, publicly, with emphasis. As a side note, the GM walked up to me later that day and said, that wasn't sexual harassment. It was more of a plea. This was right, back in 1985 right. when that phrase was kind of a new thing. I didn't do anything else about it. I felt like he'd been publicly recommended enough. Um, da, da, da. I love how you guys are handling this. Didn't uh, we briefly all have to say harassment? Wasn't that a thing for a while? Please. That's the way the British pronounce it. The British with their crumbling empire in their teeth. Please. <laughs> Please. <laughs> that reminds me. I heard a Lexus commercial the other day and the voiceover talent was an English lady trying to sell me a Lexus. Now, I know it's because Americans will buy anything from anyone with an English accent for some reason, but that's a Japanese car company. Shouldn't you have a lady with a Japanese accent trying to sell me a Lexus? Why the Brit? It's manipulation, that's what it is. (laughs) It's good to take a stand on these sorts of things. Oh, I'll be holding a fundraiser. We'll be wearing a uh, pearl-colored ribbon. How about the ever-evolving timeline on the Las Vegas story and the scumbag shooter? Now, a lot of you with your conspiracy theories, it's because the timeline never made sense. Well, it didn't make sense. It still doesn't make sense. Yep. And the sheriff agrees with you. If you haven't heard the latest, it's pretty interesting. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show.
York Yankees. I've liked a lot of New York Yankees teams, but I hate the whole New York Yankee thing. Like, for instance, they got out of the first round big effing deal, and it's a national story because they're the New York Yankees. When my West Coast teams win the World Series, it doesn't make the news at all. Every other year for the better part of a decade. (laughs) It doesn't make the news. The Yankees get out of the first round for the first time in five years, and oh my God, is everybody watching? Shut up. Uh, long, angry email, uh, which I'll hang on to and, and excerpt in a little while, maybe maybe tomorrow, uh, bringing to, uh, up uh, Donald J. Trump's long history of alleged sexual harassment, etc. Okay, see, I don't know that. So. Uh, juxtaposed with Bill Clinton. Uh, there were claims. I remember that. Okay. The whole grab them by the... Well, um, I, I remember that. Of course. Who could forget it? We're coming up on the one-year anniversary. <laughs> We're coming up on the one-year anniversary of the Billy Bush tapes. Yeah, I remember during the campaign, some of the stuff came out, you know, in a in a hotel room or at Mar-a-Lago or pushed me up against a wall. I can't remember all of it, but... Okay, if we're... Uh, right, fair enough. We're talking about it tomorrow. I'll talk about it tomorrow. All right. Um, so this is pretty damned interesting. A lot, a lot of you had questions about the timing with the Las Vegas shooter. This doesn't match up. Why did it take so long for this to happen? If that happened then, why didn't the cops blah, blah, blah? And I kind sure. of ignored that somewhat out of your conspiracy nuts, and these things always happen with these shootings. But now, uh, well, the sheriff's even saying this is kind of weird, and this is what we found out yesterday. Hotel staffers at the Mandalay Bay did not call Las Vegas police until after Paddock started his shooting spree. They didn't call after the security guard got shot. See, that's the six minutes I can't figure out. Nobody can figure it out. Other than just unbelievable sloppiness or an assumption that somebody else must have called. Or or, or let's well, let's establish this. Did the security officer tell anybody I've oh, yeah. been shot? Oh, yeah. An anonymous source who has reviewed the records told ABC's World News Tonight that employees initially refused to alert authorities even after security guard Jesus Campos took a bullet in the leg. Remember, he goes to the door and scumbag shoots 200 rounds at him, hits him in the leg. Campos reportedly alerted his superiors. He he called them on the walkie-talkie right away and informed them that somebody was shooting at him through the door. But strangely, nobody called the cops. In addition, security staffers failed to notify police when Mandalay Bay maintenance engineer Stephen Shuck told them that he, too, was being fired at. So a second person was being fired at. What the hell? Call the police. Someone's firing a gun up here. Someone's firing a rifle on the 32nd floor down the hallway. Shuck can be heard saying on audio tapes released Wednesday by the hotel. The engineer reportedly radioed his employers, letting them know what happened and what room Paddock was in. After being asked by the hotel to do so, yet nobody did anything. According to ABC source, hotel staff didn't inform authorities about Paddock until after the killing concert killing of concert goers began. Um, Campos Which was several minutes later. Campos was shot roughly shot. Campos was shot roughly six minutes before the retiree opened fire. So it's unclear how long Paddock started shooting that the security officials finally called the police, but. So there was at least six minutes, at least six minutes, after they shot their security guard, somebody shot the security guard through the window. You know, they didn't know what was going on at that point. He says, hey, somebody's just shooting at me. Six minutes go by, nobody calls the police, eventually starts shooting the concert goers, then everybody's calling the police. That is a mind-boggling dereliction of duty. Well, and, and I don't know what's going on here. I don't know if people have realized... 
I have the blood of 600 people on, on me and 58 deaths. Because if I'd have called the police and they immediately got up there, it might have, might have gotten to him before it even started. It's certainly possible. It certainly would have been a hell of a lot shorter. I mean, there there is there is some serious... You've got some responsibility on you. Culpability, yeah. I just, I can't even picture it. I, you know, I've talked about this before. I've run into situations where people, some people were just not able to act. They just couldn't be the person to do something. They just stood there waiting for somebody else to do something. And, and, but this uh, is I, their I, specific job. Well, right. I understand that in humanity. But if you're security at a major casino, and somebody says, oh, my God, they're shooting at me. And you don't, in a six-minute span, call the cops. And I get the sense from the way, from the multiple stories I've read about this, there was a bunch of people. Like, he called down to the the office downstairs. Right. They're shooting at me. So it's not just a person. There's a bunch of people that, for whatever I wonder if it's the everybody assumed somebody else did. I don't know. That is the only thing I can come up with. And that's that's really hard to believe. I, I am completely befuddled. I can imagine anything, and I can't imagine what caused that. I'm be- completely befuddled. Two different employees saying, holy S, they've shot me. Yeah, I know it's an interesting thing. You know, my... Um, Do they have no protocols? My situation at the restaurant a while back where that guy's screaming, I'm going to effing... F and kill your kids and you and everything like that. Yeah. Nobody dialed 911. I did. There's a bunch of people watching. I think I would dial 911 if I saw somebody screaming at kids, I'm going to F and kill you. I don't know. Maybe I wouldn't, but I, I think would. I would. I absolutely would. 100%. Um, I just. But nobody did. I had to call 911 while I had one hand up thinking I'm going to have to fight this guy. So I don't know. The, the hotel people. But yeah, like I said. The, a restaurant patron, it's it's not your job and training to call 911 in a, in a crazy situation. Right. The, the, you could the, certainly make the argument, but it's a different situation, yeah. i got to believe they've run through a number of scenarios with security at these major hotels. And what do we do if, if this happens, we do this. If this happens... Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Hannah Storm and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.